Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. Today's guest is someone who grew up overseas, and she talks about how her childhood is so different than the childhood her own children are having right now. Uh, she shares so many things about her life that I could relate to. It was kind of crazy how many things we have in common, (laughs) but that also made this really fun for me. Uh, She has a unique connection to the Vine Church, which you will find out if you don't already know what that is, because today my guest is Sarah Riesenweber. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast for the Vine Church. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get started. And first, I would just like to hear a little bit about who you are. Tell me about, yeah, who who are you? Who am I? That's a really good question. You know, I ask my girls that every day when I drop them off at school, at least when I used to drop them off at school before this uh, quarantine time. And you know what their response is? They say to me, I am a loved child of God. So if you ask me, who am I? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, I am a loved child of God. I'm also a wife and a mother, a friend, a pastor, a learner, and a teacher. That's a really good thing to do with your kids. It has been really important for us to just instill in them who they are, because there's so many mixed messages out there. So that's been something that's been really simple, but powerful for us. Yeah, seriously, because, yeah, I never thought about that. Like, it's not attached to what you do. It's not attached to your one of your roles. It's just, like, who you are. Anyway, I love that answer. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to do that with my kids. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, so uh, where are you from? Uh, that's a good question, too. I am from all over. Uh, my parents are missionaries, and so I was actually born in Naples, Italy. And we lived there until I was six years old. And then my parents moved us all to Guinea, West Africa. And we lived there until I was 18 years old. So I pretty much grew up in, uh, in Guinea, West Africa. So instead of like my girls, they go out and ride bikes and play with sidewalk chalk. I grew up going outside to pound rice with my friends and climb the mango trees and search for firewood and hauling water. I grew up doing just very different things than my girls are growing up doing now. Definitely. I was curious how you were going to answer that question because I grew up all over the place too. And it's like, there's a short answer or there's kind of more long answer because I don't really know the answer. (laughs) I can relate to that. It's not like I have a hometown. Right. Um, Well, I grew up all over, though right now I have lived in Kennewick here in the Tri-Cities for uh, longer than I've lived anywhere else. And so I definitely feel like Kennewick is my home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, how long have you been here? So I have lived here for 16 and a half years, moved here right after Mike and I got married. Okay. So you guys have been married pretty much the exact same length as Tony and I. December 13th, 
2003. Oh, we're December 31st. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so similar. So, yeah, it's so close. That way we won't forget our anniversary. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible with dates. Okay. So tell me about your family of origin and your family now. Well, my family of origin, um, my parents are missionaries. And so I grew up in a missionary family, uh, lived overseas. I'm one of four kiddos. So there's two of us girls and two boys. And we uh, just, we were a wild and crazy family, (laughs) Uh, an unusual family, uh, but a very loving home. And now my current family, I'm married to Micah who I would say is my, my best friend. And I have, we have two strong, compassionate girls, Alyssa, who's 11 and Rachel, who's nine. Can you tell me what your occupation is? Well, currently I am one of the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. I've been doing that um, for a few years now. Micah and I, my husband and I are co-lead pastors. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was also a third grade teacher. And so I taught third grade here in our public schools for nine years and absolutely love, love teaching. Hmm. I, I wonder if you would love it at the moment in the current. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're still teaching. <laughs> I, I have said a lot of prayers for my friends who are teachers in this season. This has been a challenging season oh. for both the teachers and the parents and the kiddos. Um, just this unprecedented time that we weren't quite ready for. I will say that that the teacher, my girls' teachers have done just a phenomenal job trying to keep up and trying to connect with the kids. I've been so pleased with how our school district has handled things. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm so thankful for them. And as far as the actual schooling goes, I don't know. I feel like I'm giving up on some respects. I'm like, yes, you could watch a show in Spanish. That is your school. (laughs) You know, education is so important, but there's so much more than just the, the academic side of it. And so I think our kids are learning really important life lessons yeah. right now, even as maybe our academics are suffering a little bit. My my girls are learning skills such as independence and being self-starters and trying to manage their time. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, you all need to know how to make a sandwich or you're going to starve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sandwich making is definitely a life skill. Oh, okay. I can just, I can just relate in so many, so many ways to you right now. And in a lot of your, um, even your family of origin, I've, my family was a missionary family for a time and four siblings. Anyway, lots of similarities. Okay. So tell me how and when did you connect with the Vine Church? Well, Micah and I, with the help of just an amazing team, uh, started the Vine Church. Um, In 2014, when we were really starting to, when we were really thinking about what is God calling us to, and someone brought up church planting, it kind of came up in the conversation. My initial response was, ha ha, yeah, right. Like, who does that? Who really does that? So once I got over that initial response to church planting and really 
we began to explore it, God just laid on our hearts that it was time to launch something new in the Tri-Cities. And so in 2015, in October 2015, we, we launched the Vine Church. Well, I'm really glad you did. And I know a lot of other people are. That's very cool. So what are some of your interests and hobbies? Well, we love being outside. I love being outside, hiking, golfing, camping, just love anything that involves sunshine and breeze. I love it. I also really enjoy reading. I read a lot of different types of books. And recently, I've been getting into lettering and calligraphy, which has been a really fun and artistic expression. That's cool. Like on paper or what? Mostly on paper, like note cards or just journaling and doodling and things like that. It's been a lot of fun. That's cool. Do you need like special pens for that? I bought some special pens and found they were kind of hard to use, probably because I don't know what I'm doing yet. So Mm -hmm. I found that just simple markers uh, have been my best friend. I'm just picturing what that looks like because I've seen some videos of people and it looks so easy, but I don't think it is. Well, for me, it has taken quite a bit of practice. (laughs) So maybe it comes easy for other people. For me, it's been a little bit challenging, but it's been a relaxed challenge. It's been something that's fun. And then when you have a little card to show after it that you get to mail to someone, then that just makes it that much more rewarding for me. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. And the next question I have for you is, what are you passionate about? Another really good question. You know, I had to really think about this question. I don't know if anyone's ever really asked me that. Mm -hmm. What are you really passionate about? I think for me, meeting people and talking to people and hearing people's stories and experiences is something that I've always really, really enjoyed, especially when I get to learn about a different culture different location, different way of living. I just find that fascinating. Also, in in hearing people's stories, often I get to walk alongside people on their journey to wholeness and health. And I know for me, that has been a journey. And so I love participating in that and walking alongside people. Mm -hmm. Well, then you're in the right occupation. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I do really like my occupation. I enjoy my job. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. And it's, it's definitely evident too. So I really appreciate that about you. Um, Would you share an overview of your faith journey, kind of where you have been and where you're at now? Absolutely. So I grew up like I said, in a missionary family. And so I grew up believing in Jesus. And from a very young age, I was taught that that God loves me and God cares for me and that I am his. And it was a beautiful, beautiful message that, that I received at a very young age. Living overseas, I also lived in a predominantly Muslim um, area. And so I witnessed religion that was very fear-based, And also, um, I witnessed people really working hard to earn favor with God. And from a young age, I had a lot of questions about God and about 
how the world worked and how people were living. And I think at a young age, I was I was kind of the responsible one. I was a little a little too old <laughs> for my age. And I, I was always working really hard to make sense out of the world that I saw. And somewhere in there, I got the message that I needed to work really hard and achieve. Hmm. As I grew up, when I was 18, we moved to the United States. And growing up in Africa, I had always experienced being the outsider. I was like the one white girl. <laughs> and mm-hmm. whenever I stepped outside of my door, I mean, people would just flock to me. And I experienced a lot of privileges as well there. But I just received a whole lot of attention all the time. And so my heart's desire was to fit in. My heart's desire was to blend in and not to stand out so much. And so I was really excited after having grown up in in Guinea, West Africa, to come home. And I thought that when I came home at 18, I would be just totally accepted and I would blend in and everyone would understand me finally. <laughs> Well, that's not how it went down. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. I, yeah. I, I figured, yeah. Okay, go on. I experienced uh, off, what, what people call reverse culture shock. When you come home to your, your culture of origin, and yet I was like a fish out of water because mm-hmm. I had grown up with such different experiences and a, a different worldview that I hardly knew how to have a conversation, let alone how to dress and how to hang out and how to have fun with kids my age. Mm -hmm. And so I responded uh, very negatively at that time. And I responded with a lot of anger and with a lot of anxiety and uh, an attempt to control everything. It was during this time that that I was also dealing with an eating disorder. So just all of this compiled Mm -hmm. And was quite heavy for me. Mm-hmm. And it was in that time when I was at college trying to figure all this out, trying to survive, that I would say I experienced God's grace and love for me at a much deeper level than I had before in my childhood. You know, as a child who we believe and it's beautiful and it's, and it's wonderful and it's innocent and it's true. Like we Mm -hmm. we truly believe. And yet, as we grow up, we experience things which require a deeper, deeper knowledge, a deeper level of experience of faith. And I remember laying in bed in my dormitory. And I remember realizing for one of the first times that I had been invited to experience the love of God that I had been invited, me, Sarah, had been invited to experience the grace of God and that I didn't have to be perfect and that I didn't have to always work so hard. And so my faith that that was taught to me at a young age really began to take root and deepen during my college years. And then after college, uh, Mike and I got married and we moved 
to Kennewick, Washington up here. And even after college, even after having been in the United States for for three and a half years, I was still learning how to blend in. I was still learning how to fit into this culture here. Mm -hmm. And that just took a lot of my energy and a lot of my attention. And yet in that process, God was gradually dismantling some of my self-reliance and dismantling some of my desire to be in control and to to know what's going to happen and how things are going to happen. You know, as I look back I, on my faith journey during that time, I see God's invitation to journey with him through various seasons. So there was that initial season of I got married and we moved up here and I had no idea what I wanted to do as a career. I had I had a major in Bible, but I couldn't use that here. And so what was I going to do? And and I was deciding to to go into education. And I remember God's invitation to walk with him in that. And then I, I got my degree and I started teaching in Pasco. And I remember how intimidating that was and how scared I was. And again, that invitation, walk with me through this. And then having two kids, two beautiful kiddos, it's such a beautiful experience, but oh my goodness, kids just changes your life. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so exhausted the first couple of years. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it's also really challenging. Mm -hmm. And so again, God's invitation, walk with me and, and go deeper with me. You know, I think that the beauty of faith, this journey of faith, is that we've, we're, we've never arrived. We will never arrive. There's always more to experience, more of God to experience. So that's kind of how I, I see my faith journey overall. You mm-hmm. ask, where, where am I now? The last few years, God has been inviting me into more contemplative practices. As you can probably tell, in some of my description, I'm a doer, I'm an achiever, I'm a giver. Uh, I like to do list. But there came a time a couple years ago, when I I just realized how tired I was, Mm -hmm. that I was doing all of these things for God. But I felt empty, I felt tired. And I heard an invitation in scripture through friends, but I heard an invitation to just be with God, to to know him, to experience him, to rest in my faith, to rest with God. And then out of that, to engage the doing, that the being comes before the doing. And so that's probably... That's probably a long answer for your question, but that's hard to to put your faith journey, you know, into into a short little story there. But I feel mm-hmm. like God has really walked with me through a lot of different seasons, a lot of different challenges. And the invitation has always been experience my grace, experience my love and walk with me. Well, that is so beautiful. And I don't want you to try and shorten it. <laughs> everything you just shared was I was just just uh just soaking it in because 
That's a beautiful faith journey and story. So thank you for sharing that. And I just, I'm curious, I have a question. I didn't Mm -hmm. you in advance, but um, (laughs) when you moved to the United States, when you were 18, did you come by yourself? Did your family stay in, in Africa or what? So when I was 18, the whole family moved back and my parents actually bought a house three blocks from the dorm and lived there for one year to help me adjust, to help me get used to living in the United States Mm -hmm. again. So I was very blessed to be able to take a seven minute walk from my dorm room and go eat mama's homemade pasta Mm -hmm. at at the house. That that was a real blessing. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I just, I love the details. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom learned how to cook in Italy. And so growing up, we always had the best Italian food you can imagine. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, I don't even know how to imagine that. Um, but I do love Italian food. So did she teach you? I mean, do you, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do love to cook. I don't know if I could, if I can claim to be as good of a cook as my mom, but I love to cook. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's good. So is there a person or a life event that significantly influenced your faith journey? I mean, you did just share some pretty major life events, but was there a person maybe that really influenced you? So that's a hard question. As I thought about this question, I thought of numerous people that have influenced me and my parents each have influenced me greatly in different ways. And my grandparents, I remember the professors that I sat under at school. So many people have have influenced me. I think the, I don't know if you'd call it a life event or a trend in my Mm -hmm. life. But the mm-hmm. thing that has influenced me in my faith journey the greatest is the experience of growing up overseas in a different culture and then moving back to the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, for most of my life, I have tried to fit in. I once was asked in, in a class, I was, I was asked, if you could pick one animal to describe you what animal would that be? And immediately I said chameleon because that, that what is a foundational skill that I've had to use my whole life that I blend in well in different settings. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really good things about that. The ability to understand and be sensitive to different cultures and worldviews and to empathize and to see things from a different perspective. So that, that skill has taught me a lot. And yet there's also real challenge in that. For many years, I have struggled with a sense of identity because I, like the question you asked me at the very beginning, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. I For many years, who I was morphed with whoever I was with. And that was just exhausting. That was, that was so challenging because I felt like I changed as well. And mm-hmm. so part of what I have learned in my faith journey is that my identity is rooted 
and being loved by God and being a child of God. And so I can walk into a new environment and yes, I can adapt and I can learn, but I can do that now without sacrificing my sense of self. Mm -hmm. For, For many years, I was so unsure of who I was that I was looking to others to answer that for me. And so I think this whole life journey of, of moving between cultures and moving from place to place has taught me to be anchored in my identity as a child of God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's powerful. That's good. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> What is a question, if you have a question, what is a question that you would have for God? Well, I have a whole lot of questions for God. (laughs) There's a whole lot of things that I would like to know and understand better. And interestingly enough, as, as I grow deeper in my relationship with God, I feel like I have more questions and I'm able to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Narrowing it down, I can narrow it down to two questions. Uh, one question that I've asked God many, many times, and I will continue to ask him, is what is mine to do? What is mine to do? What is God calling me personally to do? Mm-hmm. In different situations and different seasons, especially in challenging ones, sometimes that's a really hard thing to figure out. And sometimes we don't want to do the things that he wants us to do, or we want to do it all and we take on way too much. Mm -hmm. So one question is, what is mine to do? And then the second question that I have been asking more and more in the last year, so it's a newer question for me, is who are you creating me to be? And I think both these questions are really important and they show a different side of us. Mm-hmm. So what is mine to do? Like, what are the actions that you want me to take? But also, who are you creating me to be? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I have focused so much on the doing over the being that this is becoming just a really important question in my journey. Asking God today, this week, in this season, who are you creating me to be? How am I going to be a reflection of the image of God inside of me? Mm-hmm. That is a really good question. And I love the what you said earlier about just being and how you know you were getting tired and and there's been kind of a shift in the last couple of years to towards just being. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's easy. No. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, oh, well, just do nothing, just be, you know, but that's not what it is. It's not just do nothing. And it's not just, um, it's not easy to just like not do, do things that you have always done or think you should quote unquote or whatever. Anyway, I just, I think yes. that's powerful. Yes. Well, often our doing distracts us or keeps us busy so that we can ignore some of the internal things that are going on inside of us and need attention. 
mm-hmm. that God is is speaking to us um, in. And so often our our doing can be us rebelling <laughs> against what the Spirit wants to do inside of us because we don't want to spend that time doing that hard work. We would much rather go do something good, even mm-hmm. even if they're good things. Just give me a task I can check off. So I'm like, exactly. <laughs> I can earn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, those are great questions. Those are great questions for me to think about too. I like that. All right. We are going to wrap it up and I am just going to ask you four questions just kind of quickly one right after the other. Okay. What, so what is something good that's come out of this crazy quarantine time for you? Hmm, I have had to stop. <laughs> I've had to pause many of my normal routine activities, and it is an opportunity to reflect and reevaluate and ask again, what what is mine to do? What do I need to be doing? And uh, once things open back up again, what do I want to continue to do, and what do I want to let go of? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Great, great thing to come out of this crazy quarantine time. Hopefully, yeah. that's hopefully a lot of people are paying attention to that and and can do the same thing. You know, let go of some of those things that just really we don't need to do or spend yeah. time doing. All right, next question: What is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri Cities? Ooh, I have a lot of favorite restaurants, <laughs> so it's hard to pick. I would say. My favorite um, thing to order for delivery, so like during quarantine, to mm-hmm. de- have them deliver it to my house is a traditional gyro from Greek Island Cuisine. Oh, those are so good. Oh, they're so, so good. I love those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think about getting those to go. Mm, now you're yes. giving me an idea. <laughs> All right. The next question. What is the title of the last book you read? The last novel that I completed was Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, a part of a book club. And that was a really fun book. Um, But typically I'm reading just, I'm reading four or five books at a time. And uh, a few of them on faith, a few of them maybe on history. So, and some novels. I just read a lot. I enjoy reading. Uh So that just happens to be the last one that you just finished the last page of. (laughs) I just finished that this weekend. (laughs) That is a good book. Okay. And the last question is, what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? Hiking. I would say going outside, hiking in the mountains, being in nature. That is bringing me a lot of joy right now. Okay. Are you able to do that in the Tri-Cities? What is your secret? Do you get out of town? Where do you hike? So... I'm thinking currently, um, we are very lucky we have access to a cabin near Yakima. And so every other week, we've been going up there for a day or two. And so I'm able to hike up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. As far as in the Tri-Cities, I take a walk almost every day, but I just go around in our neighborhood or there's a park nearby. I'll go walk the park. That's as far out as I've ventured in the Tri-Cities. Okay, well, I just had to ask because if there was some magical place that's I didn't know about, <laughs> that I wanted to know. 
Well, hopefully as things open up a little bit more, we'll be able to, to hike a little bit more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Sarah. I loved listening to your answers of those questions. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you for asking questions and, and listening to my story. Wasn't that a fun conversation? I just loved getting to know some more details about Sarah's story and her life. And she is so full of grace and kindness. You guys, we are so lucky to have her leadership. She really is an exceptional gift to our community. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.